Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 33 of Near Death Dolls. I'm Paige. And I'm Lisa. And we are your hosties with the mosties. While talking about ghosties. And other freaking sicko shit. Are you talking about my love life? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I support your love life, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say my private life. But uh, private life, love life, same thing. Mm-hmm. I am married. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do you, boo, right? Do whatever you need to do, girl. Okay, well, uh, thanks. And thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Paige has a tale of murder and obsession to tell us today. The case of Kathy Odom. Heck, yes, it's very frustrating. You're going to hate some people before I'm done. I hate a lot of people, so it's fine. <laughs> Let's just add on top of the list, right? <laughs> I got a list. I got a list. Yeah. 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 Just like grains of sand. <laughs> <laughs> so are the days of our lives. Exactly. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> but first, before we get into that, it is an interesting story, by the way, but you'll you'll see later. Um, we wanted to tell you all about our special Patreon exclusive show. It's called Dolls After Dark. It's a chill conversation show, kind of dirty like the name implies. And what we do is we use that to be able to get warmed up to come on to here. Mm -hmm. And usually it's pretty far out there crazy shit. (laughs) Yeah, you'll like it. (laughs) You will. We have some very interesting topics. Like today we did, uh, Paige told us a really crazy story uh, about out in the desert in Mexico. Yes, I did. It was very cool. And Lisa told us a story about, well, she told us several stories. (laughs) There's conspiracy theories about the royal family of England. Oh, my God. It was kind of nuts. And then it led into talking about adult toys. So if you want to hear that, (laughs) get in on the Dark Dolly Fun and join our Patreon. That's because that's where you're going to find it. Uh, You can follow the link in our show notes or you can go to www.patreon.com slash podcast. So, Paige, are you drinking some red, red wine? You make me feel so fine. (laughs) Because we know Paige likes her her wine. That's true. I I have been drinking a lot of red wine this year, but um, no, actually, today I'm not. I'm drinking tequila. Do 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 Pee wee Herman dance. I'm so glad that actually came into my brain. I was afraid I'd be like tequila, bo bo. Wrong song, Lisa. Wrong song. It's, it might be the wrong song. It's the right song in my heart because that was really funny. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, I, I'm drinking tequila. Our story takes place in Houston, Texas. So I figured, you know, Southern drink, margarita. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yum. Love me a good margarita. This one is so fucking good, Lisa. I what I did was I'm using my my margar my um tequila that I've been using for a while. It's Bandolero tequila, mm-hmm. but the margarita mix I got is called let me see Lowell and Mahoney margarita mix, and it is so tasty. Tastes really good with the tequila. Every other time I've tried this tequila, I've used it with Coke, and I've mm. always been like. Bleh. <laughs> I'm like, why do you torture yourself? I don't know, Lisa. I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, yeah, this one is very good. I love it with the margarita mix. Oh, that sounds wonderful. You know, I haven't had many margaritas lately. I used to um, work weird schedules, so I was able to have like lunch with my mom, and we used to go have margarita Mondays, tequila oh. Tuesdays, Cabo Wabo Wednesdays, Thirsty Thursdays, and fall off your ass drunk Fridays. Jesus, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Not every day of the week, but whatever day I happen to have off, my mom's right. like, it's Tuesday. You want to go have a margarita Tuesday? I'm like, no, it's tequila Tuesday, ma. She's like, well, what about on Wednesday? <laughs> I'm like, Cabo Wabo Wednesday, mama. <laughs> there is a name for every day of the week when you want to drink tequila. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's shit face Saturday and oh, shit. repent for your sin Sunday. Oh, yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> With a headache. <laughs> With a headache. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I've got this margarita. It's on the rocks, whatever. It's tasty. Lisa, are you drinking red, red wine? God, no. No, okay. <laughs> you know, I had to put put wine away for the most part just because, especially white wine, I get real weepy and I'm like, why oh, am I no. the way that I am? Does anybody love me? Oh my God, white wine, really? Yeah, white wine makes me sad. I'm so sorry. It's okay. And red wine, I just, I only eat it, or I only eat it, I only drink it. <laughs> With, uh, with like steak and stuff. So I'm, I guess we don't really eat that much steak. So there you go. Is that what it pairs with? I'm not very good at the pairing part. Yeah, usually, um, you know, steak and red wine pair well together. And then white wine goes with chicken and fish, sometimes pork. Mm. But no, let me tell you what I am drinking. Please do. It's getting kind of late over here in uh, Texas. And uh, I needed a coffee. So my bougie ass made myself a cappuccino, but I did top it with uh, some pumpkin flavored vodka. Oh, shit. Yeah, you did. (laughs) I was at the uh, liquor store. I went to my Total Wine and More and I was buying some other Mm. stuff. And they have tons and tons of like the little mini like travel bottles, like the airplane size bottles. Oh, yes. Those are good. I grabbed a pumpkin flavor and I forgot what I grabbed the other one of. Must have drank it and forgot. But uh, anyways, I had pumpkin and I'm like, it's still, you know, I'm not jumping straight into Christmas just yet. So I'll get this pumpkin vodka, stick it in my coffee and we'll see how it tastes. I haven't had a sip yet because it's too hot. That's that's the sucky part about hot coffee liqueurs mm-hmm. or whatever. I did chug a little, little from the bottle. I'm like, oh, pumpkin-y. Very nice. Interesting. Do you know what the brand is? Uh, Vail, like V-E-I-L, Vail. And I want to say it might be a Total Wine and More uh, brand because I saw a whole bunch of different flavors and I feel like I didn't see any large bottles, although I didn't look that carefully. Who knows? It could be crazy. Okay. I did see a Total Brand and More out here so I can go to that one and see yeah yeah t- check it out and the little bottles i mean i think they're like I mean they're like a dollar 99 each or something so and they have every freaking flavor under the sun so anything you could possibly want they had a gingerbread flavor i wanted and i just didn't grab Ooh. it they'll probably have more now that it's going to be christmas time mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. agreed oh that sounds tasty <laughs> I, just, I just had a sip and i realized i probably didn't put enough uh vodka in it but that's okay that would defeat the purpose of trying to kind of perk myself up yeah and you've had some what uh truly what was that truly today while you were playing among us I was streaming Among Us and I had three Trulies and half my husband's beer. So probably don't need much more alcohol. I would disagree with that, but I'm just, no, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, the good thing is you're going to be doing most of the talking, right? Heck yeah, I am. That's right. You can drink as much as you want or as little. All right. Well, I'm going to just, I'm going to kick back. You're going to tell me some terrible things and uh, we'll, we'll think about the choices we've made in life. (laughs) Deep and ouch, Lisa. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's, that's. (laughs) 
exactly what's going to happen. There are some awful things going to happen right now. All right, well, let's let's get into it. So today we'll be discussing the murder of Kathy Odom. And you said this happened in Houston, and I actually have never heard of it. It's true. It happened in Houston, but it also happened in the 80s. Oh, I didn't come around till the late 80s. This happened in, um, let me see, 86, I believe. So oh. that was the year you were born, right? Year before I was born. Oh, you were born 87 like me. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this happened the year before you and I were born in Houston. Let's get into it. Um, yeah. So the source of this episode is from Forensic Files. Have you watched that show? Not much. Oh, girl. Mm, I love it. It's like 20 minute episodes, you know, just a little appetizer basically <laughs> i love murder tapas hell yeah murder tapas <laughs> i want a shirt that says murder tapas <laughs> i'm writing it down murder tapas <laughs> thank you it's going next to dolly side yeah i was gonna say we've also got um i'm feeling the sus from our last episode <laughs> mm-hmm. feeling the sus okay i'm gonna write that one down too that was a good one that was a good mm-hmm. one if y'all haven't listened to that episode you should but um <clears throat> so murder of kathy odom i got this from forensic files this is on netflix or at least it is at this juncture if you guys are listening in the future i don't know but uh, Forensic Files Season 13, Episode 48. And what platform can you find this on? I found it on Netflix. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, so if you guys have Netflix, go watch some Forensic Files. I love every episode I watch on there. I, I write down the name of every episode so that I could go back later and turn it into a Near Death Dolls episode if I want to. <laughs> nice. Because they're all good. So this mm-hmm. one's called Lights Out. And you're going to find out why. I don't know if I want to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> well, I'm glad I have my lights on. Usually in my office, I only have my computer and my lamp, but I'm like, I don't want to fall asleep. I want to stay awake and alert. So I'm like, I'm going to leave my overhead light on. So I'm glad I did. Lights on, bitches. Snap, snap, lights on or clap, clap. Clap on, oh, clap off. The clapper. The clapper. <laughs> but um, just as a little teaser, it's the lamp that you mentioned. You said that you have a lamp on right now. Mm-hmm. It's a lamp that's in the story but we're going to get into that later. Okay. Kathy Odom was a wife and a mother of two. She had two kids in Houston, Texas. She was loved by many people, maybe loved a little bit too much by a certain someone, as we'll see. And one night, she was discovered dead in her own bedroom. Her two children were in the house with her, both alive, thank God. But who was the perpetrator? Who killed her and left her children alive? That's the question that we're about to answer in the next 45 minutes. Fucking asshat. It's, it's an asshat. Yes, you finished it. Episode over. No. <laughs> That's basically the answer. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check us out on Instagram. <laughs> asshat. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Let's start before we get into the asshattery. Um, let's start with the beginning of the life of Kathy Odom. Kathy Martin Odom was born in 1959 in Oklahoma to Frank and Charlene Martin. Now, I want you to remember Frank because we're going to talk about him a little bit this episode. Frankie. Got it. Frankie. Exactly. Frank, Frankie. Um, He's a good guy. He's a very good guy. And we're going to be talking about him till the end. All right. Frank and Furter. Got it. Frank and Furter. <laughs> Was he a doctor? He was not a doctor. He was not a doctor. That's a shame. What a waste. I know. (laughs) All Franks should be doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Frank and Charlene only had two kids. Kathy's sister was named Shelly. So Kathy, Shelly, and Frank. Those are the three names that are going to pop up the rest of the episode. 
All right. So um, Kathy and Shelly are 18 months apart. Kathy's the oldest. Kathy's described as being a happy child. Shelly, not as much. She was always nervous and followed her sister around. She, she and her sister loved each other, though. Very close. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So Kathy was there to watch out for her and, like, you know, make sure she had friends and stuff like that. The family moved to Houston in 1971 on the southwest side. And Frank opened up a store to repair electrical signs. And he called it Frank's Sign Service. Oh, how nice. Yeah, very quaint. Very down to earth. I like mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Love it. Now, Kathy and Shelly, like I said, 18 months apart. So they're going to the same high school. And Kathy's high school sweetheart, the guy she starts dating at about 16 years old, his name is Mike Odom. All right. I see where this might be going. True. Yes. This is her future husband. <laughs> Aww, how sweet. I know. It is kind of sweet. Um, right now it is. But uh, she met Mike when she was 16. He was handsome and funny. And Kathy really loved him. She was all about this guy. As we all are in high school. In high school, hell yeah. Oh, my God. High school romances are so tumultuous. <laughs> Girl, you don't even have to tell me. You don't even have to tell me. No, I don't. I know. That's true. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> now, she loved him. Um, I'm sure he loved her too, but we're not going to hear a lot about him in this story. Um, The only thing that is important to realize is that he started off in high school doing drugs and he also got Kathy into drugs as well. No, Kathy, you're a good girl. Don't do it. Don't do drugs, people. Drugs are bad, especially heroin. Heroin bad for you. That's very bad. It's not some weed. It's some heroin. It's very upsetting. So he was into it. She started dating him and then she got into it. Isn't that kind of an expensive habit too? Or is that just cocaine? Hell yeah. I think it's maybe, you know what? I don't know, but I think cocaine is more expensive, but heroin is probably very expensive too. I don't know. I'm not into drugs, so I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I've never done these things, but I do. I, I'm just upset at Mike for getting her into this. I am too. After he graduated in 1977, Mike fucked up bad. Oh gosh. They were engaged to be married pretty soon anyway. They were going to get married. But one night he was out at a nightclub hanging out being a bad boy, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And he offered to sell some heroin to an undercover cop. That'll happen when you're fucking around. That's true. That'll happen. (laughs) If you're just going around talking about heroin, eventually you're going to be talking to a cop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, Dummy Dum Dum got himself arrested for trying to sell heroin to a cop. And Kathy, additionally, she was out with him at that night. Mm-hmm. And she got arrested too. Luckily, maybe she wasn't doing drugs that night or something. She didn't get charged with anything. Okay. She just got picked up with him? Yeah, she got picked up and let go. He did not get let go. He pleaded guilty to possession with intent mm-hmm. to deliver and got a six-year sentence in the slammer. Ah, uh, the slamma jamma. The slamma jamma. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's right. It's not not a good thing, I'm sure. He only spent two years in prison, though. Something. It, yeah, I mean, maybe he got out for good behavior. I don't know. But Mike got out after two years, and him and Kathy got married, like, immediately. Oh, wow. She, she stood by her man. Exactly. She fucking stood by her man, even though her parents, Frank, you know, Frank, her mm-hmm. dad, the name we're going to remember, he did not like Mike. I wouldn't either at this point. Come on. I don't he like did. Mike. 
<laughs> He's an idiot. He fucking tried to sell heroin to a cop and got arrested for it. I would be like, you're not going to marry this man. No, but, that's, that's some douche cockery. Yeah, yeah. Frank did not like him. And he was like, why don't you try to move on? Go meet somebody else. And she's like, no, no, no. This is my fiance. We're going to get married. So they did. They got married. And Frank was kind enough to give, after they got married, Frank was kind enough to give Mike a job at the sign store that he owned. I couldn't get a job anywhere else, so thanks, Frank. Probably couldn't. So that was very nice of Frank to try and set his daughter up and her husband for success, you know? Yes, absolutely. And everyone does deserve a second chance for the most part. For the most part. Totally. Not everybody deserves a second chance, but occasionally. Totally. And as far as I can tell, Mike did deserve a second chance because once him and Kathy got married and started having kids and he started working at Frank's business. They moved out of where they had been, moved to Spring, Texas. Hey, I know that area. Yes, you do. (laughs) It's very close to me. Very close. Yeah, not even very far from Houston, but far enough away that the two could avoid their old toxic friendships. You said they met on the south side, or they were yeah. living on the south side, and then Springs in the north, just FYI. It's probably at least 45-minute drive difference. Exactly. It's not, like, crazy far away, but it's close. It's far enough that they didn't hang out with their bad friends anymore, so they weren't doing heroin anymore. So that's good. They both got clean. And in 1986, so they got married in 1980. By 1986, they had this lovely home in Spring, Texas. Um, Her husband, Mike, opened up his own sign business out there. It was far enough away that it wasn't competing with Frank's business. I wonder how Frank felt about that. I know. I kind of wonder, too. But I I think that, like I said, I think it was far enough away that it was like, we're not competing. I want you guys to be successful. Who knows? Who actually knows? (laughs) That might have been a conversation, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Mike's got his own business now. And they had two children. Uh, Tasha is the oldest. She's about four years old about this time. Sean is two months old at this time. That's their baby, baby boy. And they were happy. I mean, they were trying to make it work, trying to have a... I, I mean, marriage is always hard, and people did hear them arguing once in a while, but for the mm-hmm. most part, they seemed happy. Yeah, I mean, no no marriage is perfect. You're going to have your, your qualms, if you will. Exactly. You're taking care of kids. You both have stressors. You're going to be arguing once in a while. Sure. Like I said, he's got his signed repair company. Kathy's running a babysitting service out of her house to get extra money. They're just trying to get by at this mm-hmm. point. You know, just getting day to day. Now, this that's Kathy's life. Now, what happened to Shelly? Let's go back to her little sister. Oh, yeah. What happened to Shelly? Yeah. What did happen to Shelly? Well, she got wrapped up in the same bullshit that Kathy got wrapped up in. In no. the heroin. I know. It's very sad. And, you know, like I said before, Kathy was more confident as a kid, more happy. Well, Shelly was not as confident and she was more of a follower. So when she followed Kathy into this group of friends that all did heroin, she started doing heroin too, just like Kathy. Mm. And unfortunately, she met a guy who didn't turn out as great as Mike turned out. Oh, no. She uh, actually, I mean, this is the part that probably upsets me the most. She met a, she met Greg and Greg is Mike's ex-brother-in-law. Huh? Okay. Let me think about that. (laughs) Yes. I'll, I'll go into detail. So Mike is Kathy's husband. 
Mm-hmm. And Mike's sister, older sister, had been married to a guy named Greg. Okay. I don't know why the two got a divorce, but Greg and Mike's sister got a divorce and Greg would still hang out with Mike. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a brother, like an older brother. Sure, yes. So that's how he got into the friend group of these high schoolers, but he is not in high school. He's 25 at the time. Ooh, a little too old to be hanging out with high schoolers, bro. It's creepy. It is creepy. It's not creepy when you're 16 and like, oh, this, oh, I'm so cool. I'm hanging out with this 25 year old. And then you get to be 25 and you're like, man, that guy must have been a fucking loser to be hanging out with high school kids. Yo, I went to a high school party when I was 25 because I was invited Mm -hmm. by my boyfriend who was 35. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, we went to, okay, it was, I think it was like maybe an early 20s party. Not, not so much like an actual high schooler, but if I felt old amongst like 18 year olds i felt very very old at 25 i'm like i bet you did what the shit are we doing here and i'm like and you're 35 what's your excuse you must feel extra awkward and if you don't something might be wrong (laughs) yeah it was it was a very weird situation so anyways i i can see how it, it would look from both sides yeah if you're hanging out with someone older and you think they're cool and they got the drugs yeah i can see yeah. that but the other way around i just feel feels awkward yeah so you start to wonder about greg like why is he hanging out with all these mm-hmm. high school kids why did he start dating a 16 year old yes kind of gross i mean Very when gross. i was 15 i started dating a 21 year old and that was weird yeah yeah mm. So, um, anyway, so that's Shelly. Shelly was 16, started dating Greg at 25. He would bring drugs and alcohol because he's old enough to go get alcohol. And drugs. No, I'm just kidding. There's I no know, right? <laughs> drugs. Yes. He had a connection of some sort for drugs, but yeah, he was old enough, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, he he got he got the the bad substances, brought it to the high school kids, and eventually him and Shelly started dating. And it quickly became apparent that this was not a healthy relationship. Yeah, you think? I mean, you know, besides the fucking heroin mm, and the age difference, <laughs> it definitely played a major role. Yeah, I'm sure that played a huge role, the heroin, but also. Shelly was uh, codependent on Greg and would do anything he said. And so at at some point before she graduated high school, she had a huge fight with her parents, moved out, moved in with Greg, and the two of them just started basically being druggies full time. I guess that doesn't pay very well, does it? No, I don't think it pays very well. Greg, unfortunately, I think it's unfortunate. Greg had a very rich aunt and uncle who would fund him. Jeez. So he was fine for money and drugs. You know? <laughs> what a loser. Disgusting. I know. It just it makes me upset that, you know. You don't have a rich aunt and uncle. <laughs> basically. I do right? want a rich aunt and uncle who would fund me. <laughs> Maybe I'll start some hair. No, I would never. <laughs> no, no. Let's just stop that there. I'm not interested. I've got alcohol. That's fine. <laughs> but um, Mike looked up to Greg like a cool older brother because that's all he knew him as. Mm-hmm. And so he never even thought to be like, hey, you shouldn't date Shelly. And of course, Kathy didn't know any better. So the two got very close. Like I said, they were living together. And then the Greg and Shelly even ended up going to jail for cocaine. Together? They share a cell? Basically together. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they didn't get to share a cell, but <laughs> yeah. And when Shelly was admitted or, you know, arrested, Mm-hmm. They found out that she was 100 pounds, which was extremely unhealthy for her, you know. Yeah. So she's just not good. They're not taking care of themselves. They're not being healthy 
or helping each other or anything. It's just a bad situation between the two of them. Now, Shelly and Greg did get out of jail like a year or two later. So they, you know, they went back into their old ways and they started to go and visit Kathy and Mike at their house in Spring, Texas. Kathy fucking hated Greg, though. I hate Greg. I know. I am very, I know, right? I, I can't believe Shelly was dating him for this long and even got back with him after sobering up in prison, for God's sake. You know, she might have sobered up from the drugs, but she did not sober up from the codependency. Yeah, that's the sad truth. She did not. She wanted to go right back with him, and she did. And he, I, I can't say loved her, but was... You know, he, she want, he wanted her around all the time. Yeah, infatuation or control or what, however you want to look at it. Doesn't however, sound like yeah. there was love there. Yeah, whatever word you want to use. But basically, yeah, the two of them are stuck together. Now, the reason that Kathy didn't like Greg specifically is because Greg would frequently make sexual advances on her. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit, yeah. Fucking bullshit. He was even heard by other family members and like family friends and whatever. People that were around the family heard him compliment Kathy sexually like inappropriately and say things about her tummy in specific. What? Her tummy? Her tummy. And that's the word that he used is tummy. And that I don't know why that's creepier than stomach to me, but it fucking just gives me the creeps that he called it the tummy and thought it was very sexually attractive. I like your tummy. It's sexually attractive. Yes. Oh, God. It makes me want to throw up. I don't know why the word tummy is worse than stomach, but it is. <laughs> it comes off your tummy. I'm trying to sound like the little otters from South Park, but I can't. <laughs> but you did a good job. I could tell what you were doing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it's so gross. So Greg was like, oh my God, your tummy is so sexy. And people heard him say this to her. And she begged her friends and her family to never let her be alone with him. That's how much she was afraid of him. Oh, gosh. He must have been pretty aggressive is what I'm assuming. Even if they're not being aggressive, like I've had guys say things to me and I'm like, please, for the love of God, don't ever let me be alone with this person. Like, I know I have to be around them for this reason or that reason, but oh my God. Right. Yeah. You're, that's a good point. I didn't bring this up, but after they got out of jail, Shelly and Greg got married. Oh, they, okay. So they got married too. Yeah. So Kathy has this very important reason that she has to be around him and that's because he's family now. Yeah. Ew, gross. Sucks. Yeah. Oh, fucking awful. And weird and then, for Mike too, right? Like he's like, okay, we were related. Now we're not related. Now we're related. This is weird. In a different way. Yeah. He's a brother-in-law again, right? So he's like, my ex-brother-in-law is now my brother-in-law again for like a whole other reason. Ew, that's so weird. Like It is. It's really creepy, You were with Greg. my sister. Now you're with my wife's sister. Like, that's, that's keep it. You know how some people keep it all in the family. <laughs> in some ways. Not you they personally. Did. I'm not saying you personally. I just well. mean like, we've seen examples of how groups might, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that, I mean, that's exactly what happened. Unfortunately, it's disgusting. But Greg married Shelly and then was in my family still and I don't know why Mike didn't just punch his lights out by you know hitting on his wife right in front of him I totally forgot about that part right there yeah like if he's hitting on Kathy so obviously that all these people are like that's kind of weird mm. <laughs> you would think Mike would be like hey Stop talking to my wife. I don't know. Maybe Greg was a little bit careful when Mike was around. I don't mm -hmm. know. But the tides turn, unfortunately. 
So one night in 1987, Mike called home to tell Kathy that he was going to go out to the bar with his friends after work and he would be home later. She didn't answer the phone, even though she told him she was going to be home with the kids that night. Okay. He started to get nervous. He tried a couple times and she didn't answer. So starting to feel a bit nervous about it, he called the neighbor to go check on her. The neighbor walked over, rang the doorbell. Nobody answered. And he could hear that the TV was on, but he couldn't hear anybody else inside. So he's like, well, this is really strange. And he said that the porch light was off, which was unusual for the for Kathy when she was home alone. Like he just could tell something was wrong. But deciding, so when the neighbor was there and he was like knocking on the door, trying to get Kathy to come to the door, he's like, this isn't, this isn't right. This is unnatural. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go drive to find a cop. Weird. Good point. Why didn't he call? Why didn't he call? I don't know. It is very strange. I didn't understand. He didn't call them. He didn't go home and call the cops. He fucking drove to the next town over to find a cop and bring him back. That's so strange. And you know what is weird? Like I had an instance where someone was messing with me and I was home alone and they were outside and I called my dad and he's like, okay, I'm coming home. And my dad like passed like one of those cops that are just sitting there trying to like speed trap, you know, catch you. Mm -hmm. And he pulled over, he told the cop, he's like, hey, this guy's like messing with my daughter. Um, can you please come over to my house? It's just a couple streets away. And the cop's like, no, I can't. You're, I'm not that, I forgot what he said, not that kind of cop or like it's in a different jurisdiction or something. I, I can't. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And my dad's like, are you serious? If this person hurts my daughter and you didn't come and I asked you to like come, the guy's like, no, you just have to call, you have to call the cops. And my dad's like, you're a fucking cop. What are you doing? <laughs> I see you right here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, luckily, luckily the person that was messing with me left, so it wasn't a big deal. But oh, thank God! Still, but like, what if it had been a big deal and well, yeah. I had gotten hurt or I was murdered? And this cop's like, yeah, you're just gonna have to call the cops. That's not my department. You're gonna yeah. want to go over to appliances. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> appliances. <laughs> Man, I didn't know that. I'm sorry, Lisa. I'm glad that that did not turn out worse. No, it's fine. Everything went went how it was supposed to go. So. Uh, moving but, on. Go ahead. But yeah, I was like, that that seems silly. That's what popped in my head. It's like, why would, you know, there's a chance I guess they wouldn't come. Right. That's what I was thinking. I was like, there's no, I don't know if it was different back in 1986, but mm-hmm. like you said with your dad, I would figure that the cop would be like, actually, I have to stay where I'm at. Like, this is mm-hmm. where I'm posted for however long. You're going to have to call the cops, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, this is where I put the commercial break. Do, 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 do. Na na na, commercial break. Ma na na na. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, maybe it, because it's probably different in 1986, the neighbor does return with a cop. He did go find one, and the cop followed him back to Kathy's house. They discover that when the cop gets there, he tries the door and it's actually unlocked. The front door is unlocked. Oh, nice. I think. I, you, right. <laughs> and, and the neighbor didn't try the door, I assume. But mm. um, the cop goes right in and he realizes right away that there is a baby crying. So Sean is crying in his room. Mm-hmm. And the toddler, Tasha, she now obviously he doesn't know these names yet, but yes. Tasha is on the couch looking like she got beat up and she's Aww. unconscious. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Four years old. Four years old little girl beat up on the couch 
with the TV on. Oh, pretty awful. Yes. But um, he keeps looking, searching the house, and he finds that Kathy is in the bedroom, the, you know, the master bedroom, mm-hmm. tied up with an electrical cord cut off of a nearby lamp. No! There it is. That's why it's called Lights Out. <laughs> so she was tied up with the electrical cord cut off of a nearby lamp. She was bloody, beaten up, and stabbed to death. Ugh. Now, Tasha... The toddler, now, because she's alive, they send her off to the hospital immediately. Now, they can't do anything for Kathy, unfortunately, but Tasha and Sean go, both go to the hospital immediately. Sean's fine. He's just been alone for a little while. He's, yeah. he's okay. It's Tasha that needs all the help. She's been beaten up. She looks like she's been punched in the face, possibly strangled, and she's in a coma. Oh, baby, no. I know, sweet little girl. Now, Kathy's parents somehow figure out what's going on. They show up at Kathy's house, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of cops everywhere. They ask police what's going on, and the police are like, you know what you guys need to do? You need to go to the hospital. They didn't explain what was going on at all. They said, go to the hospital where Tasha and Sean are. So that's where they go, Frank and his wife. Frank remembers being at the hospital with his with Tasha, who's in a coma, and Sean, who's, you know, two months old. And he looks up at the news on the TV. And on the news, it says no. that his daughter has been killed. Yeah. Ugh. That's how he had to find out, him and his wife. Come on. Do better. That is some bullshit. Right. They were standing right there at Kathy's house and the cops were like, don't worry about it. Go to the hospital. You know, they didn't say mm-hmm. nothing. I feel like that's pretty fucked up. I don't know. I don't know if cops are supposed to keep things hidden from people showing up at the house or not, but I don't know. They probably should have mentioned something to the father of the sus the the victim agreed yes (laughs) so yeah frank said he was pretty upset by that he had to go outside the hospital and cry for a little bit before he could come back in and be you know the composed grandfather Mm -hmm. god that's that's terrible that's some fucked up shit (sighs) it's awful this is an awful situation um the cops after reviewing the crime scene they immediately think that kathy must have known the person who killed her Reason one, the house was completely locked up except for the front door. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, assumedly, somebody knocked on the door and she let him in and didn't lock the door afterwards. And there was no evidence of a break-in anywhere. So mm-hmm. they assumed that he came in, he or she, probably he came in through the front door. Right. And was probably let in. There's probably no signs of forced entry. Right. Yeah, exactly. He knocked. She let him in. She, she must have known who it was. Mm-hmm. Number two... According to the autopsy, Kathy had been stabbed a total of 19 times. There must have been blood everywhere. Blood everywhere in the bedroom, um, including her throat being slashed three times. That's included in the 19 (gasps) times. Oh, God, no. I know, it's pretty disgusting. Um, Now, I mean, if you think of that, the person who killed her probably knew who she was to get Mm -hmm. that passionate about killing her. Right, absolutely. So that, that's another reason they think Kathy knew her killer. And reason three is because of Tasha. Now, Tasha, they suspect that the killer had, you know, hurt Tasha to make her go unconscious so that maybe one, she stops crying or, you know, whatever. And two, to convince Kathy to do whatever he wants her to do. Now, reason three and a half (laughs) is that Kathy's clothes were found close to her body in the same room as her body folded up in a neat pile. Oh, that's weird. That that's very bizarre. 
Whenever it I, is. I hear of like folded up clothes, it either means either the person wearing the clothes or the person demanding they take off their clothes folded them for some reason. Right? It's very strange. They're not in a random pile on the floor. Yeah, so the cops think that what happened is the perpetrator, whatever, whoever he is, knocked on the door. Kathy answered, let him in, shut the door behind him, and then he started making demands she didn't want to go along with the demands. He threatened her toddler, beat up her toddler a little bit at least. And she said, okay, stop, 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 stop. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. Just stop hurting my kids. And then she took off her clothes and folded them up in a pile. And then after that, at some point, she died. She got killed. Yeah. Aww. And that's all they that they can really tell from the crime scene. But the autopsy uncovered a little bit more details. They said that Kathy had been dead around six hours before her body was discovered. Six hours. Six hours. Yeah. Yeah. So and this was at night. So because you remember her her husband was going to go out to a bar after work. Mm -hmm. That's how um, they figured out, you know, that something was wrong at the house because she wasn't answering the phone. Yes. And so it is nighttime. Five hours before would have been about 1 o'clock p.m. God, that seems awful early for murder. It does, doesn't it? It's 1 o'clock in the broad daylight. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, mm, okay. Okay. Go ahead. Move on. I have, I have theories, but go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'd be interested to hear your theories later. Um, <laughs> uh, here's Here's... Another detail from the autopsy. This one's pretty gross and deplorable. So just a little warning. Mm. Um, I believe after this detail, everything kind of cleans up a little bit. Like it, I don't think there's any more gross details after this. But here's one more gross detail. She had traces of semen in her, there's a list here, vagina, anus, mouth, and on her abdomen. On her tummy? On her tummy. Mm. On her tummy. Yes. Mm. Okay, number one, let's start. It's gross, okay? Not not that having that stuff in those places. When it's against your will, yes, yes. it's not good to have those traces of seminal fluid. Yes. Non-consensual is bad. Consensual, good. <laughs> <laughs> Non-consensual seminal fluid is bad, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Let's be real about that. <laughs> yeah, totally with you there, 100%. That's why it's gross is because she's dead and because it was probably non-consensual. Tasha, about a day afterwards, wakes up. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. She wakes up. The cops and Kathy's parents, so the grandparents, Frank and his wife, were eager to speak with Tasha because they she's the only witness, really. Yeah, and hopefully she can... She's old enough to communicate well. Unfortunately, she's not. That's the problem. The situation is poor Tasha because, you know, her memory is spotty. Because she's four years old, she probably, you know, doesn't have a huge vocabulary at this point anyway. But for another thing, she's been beaten up really bad. Oh, so gosh. she might have some memory loss. She might be traumatized. Mm -hmm. And she also might not be able to describe everything that she saw. When questioned... Tasha only had a few things to say. One, there was a man at the house. Two, the man approached her where she was watching TV, which was on the couch. When he approached her, he put his arms up to cover his face. Hmm. Okay. So, so presumably that means that he knows that she knows who he is. Presumably, yes. Three, Tasha remembers that this guy has yellow hair. That's what she said, yellow hair. And that's all they can get out of her about it. So, who are the suspects at this point? There's Mike Odom, 
because they always have to get the spouse out of the way first. They do. It is a little strange that he called home, she didn't answer, and he was nervous about her, but he didn't come home right away. Yeah, he didn't come home himself. And it's kind of strange he'd just call his neighbor. Right. He called his neighbor and said, you go check on her, but then didn't run home. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's, that is a little strange. And when he did come home later that night, there was stains on his shirt. What kind of stains? Dark stains. The the, The cops were like, well, that's suspicious. So they bring him in for questioning, which they would have done anyway, stains or no stains. And they take his shirt to test the stains to see, you know, if it's blood, is it Kathy's blood, etc. When they're questioning him, uh, they, you know, they try to, you know, figure out where he was at the time of death. So this is a little while later. This is long enough for them to know that she died at 1 p.m. And Mike has a solid alibi. He was at work and he has a lot of witnesses to say that he was at work at 1 p.m. Okay. So it's not him. Now, the stains on his shirt, it turned out to be paint. Okay, good, good. Yeah, so it's not blood. It's not Kathy's blood. And also, Mike has brown hair, not quote-unquote yellow hair. And you would think even if the four-year-old had seen him cut with his face covered, she'd still know it was his, her dad. I thought the same thing, Lisa. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, it's good to know that she saw somebody with yellow hair and he doesn't have yellow hair. Right. But even being traumatized and having been in a coma for a day, you would think she'd be like, it was daddy, you know? <laughs> yeah, she, I think she would know her dad even if he was playing like peekaboo. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So basically, it wasn't him. Good. But then then there's Greg, the Wad brother-in-law. Well, let's be real. I'm pretty sure we know who who did this. <laughs> you would be correct. <laughs> but here comes to proving it. Mm, that's true. Now, this is the problem, is the proving part. Now, from the beginning of the investigation and asking Kathy's friends and family, does she have any enemies, etc., many people told them, and they even got an anonymous tip to tell them Greg is obsessed with Kathy. Well, that was easy. That was easy. First suspect on the list, Greg. <laughs> totally sus. Totally sus. He would hit on her in front of people, the dumb shit. <laughs> and she would tell her friends the stuff he would do when the two of them were alone for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And at some point, pretty close to her murder, she told her friend, her best friend, Greg tried to take her clothes off. What? And she resisted, obviously. Well, she yeah. didn't like it. So, <laughs> I mean, and, and they told the cops about her tummy thing. Like, mm-hmm. Greg liked her tummy. And the cops were like, well, she was, she had semen on her abdomen, which mm-hmm. isn't her tummy. And she was stabbed six times in the stomach. The rest of it was in her throat and on her chest. But there was Hmm. six stabs in the stomach. So they're like, hmm, Greg. Okay. Seems like a a suspect here. So they bring him in immediately. They're like, okay, this is probably the guy. But before they bring him in, Greg and Shelly, quote unquote, they hear about it like, oh shit, what happened? And they Mm -hmm. show up at the hospital where Tasha is in a coma. And Mm -hmm. after she wakes up, they show up. Mm -hmm. And Greg comes into the room when Tasha is awake. No, why? Why? He's a fucking idiot. He's a he's a narcissist idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so he walks in. I, he's got like something like a teddy bear or flowers or something to be like, oh, get better. And he shows up and Tasha, 
the little girl, the four-year-old, the only person she has in the room is her grandma at the mm-hmm. right now at that time. And her grandma said that as soon as Greg walked into the room, Tasha looked up at her grandma, fucking scared out of her mind, looking up at her grandma like, help me. Oh, poor baby. Yeah. Yeah. So the grandma tells the cops that and the cops are like, okay, well, we're going to ask Tasha some more questions. And they said, Natasha, was it your uncle Greg? Is that who you saw? Unfortunately, Tasha still can't remember. She just does not have the memory to be able to even to say why she's afraid of Greg now. Yeah. Oh. But she is afraid of Greg. So the cops, you know, take a note of that. Um, they even tried hypnotherapy on her and it still didn't work. So she didn't, she never recovered those memories. Y- you know what? That might be for the best. I mean, I know it, it could have helped in those moments, but still like. I agree. Yikes. It, it might have been for her benefit to block out that kind of stuff. Oh my God. Totally. If he, whoever, we know it's Greg basically, but yes. if <laughs> whoever beat her up, ah, you don't, you don't want this poor little girl to remember that. No. So there is one thing I have to say before we continue about Greg. Based on some photos I've seen of him, you can Google this. Greg looks like in his, there's several pictures of him throughout his life, but when he's a little bit younger, Mm. you can see a picture of him looking like fucking Prince Humperdinck from Princess Bride. Oh, God. I'm Googling it now. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Let me let me tell you how to spell his last name because that's going to give you the kicker. Mark Wart. Uh, let me see. It, it's not as easy as it seems, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, she kind of does. You see him young with like yeah. curly hair? Yes. That's the picture I'm talking about. He, does he look looks like Humperdinck. 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 Yes, he looks like fucking Humperdinck. (laughs) He's all cheesy with like a really weird curly haircut. Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, Fuck him. Yes, in the the butt, no lube. (laughs) All right, Paige, all right. (laughs) That's me being angry because I fucking hate Greg. But, um, so... That's what I thought of him when I was watching this episode. I was like, he looks like a dumb shit. (laughs) He does look like a dumb shit. But he looks like he's trying to be suave. Yeah, like he didn't give a crap. I see that. Definitely. Now, if you you keep looking and you might be able to find pictures of him older, he looks a little bit more like Clark Gable when he gets older, but not in a good way. He looks No, no, I totally see Clark Gable, but he looks like a shitty... Clark Gable. You see the picture I'm talking about? He I ta- do. He uh-huh. like, dyed everything black. Yeah, I see that. Oh, it's it's awful. If you don't have black hair, you shouldn't dye your hair jet black like that. It doesn't look good. So, yeah, he dyed his eyebrows. He dyed his little mm-hmm. pencil mustache. He dyed his hair and slicked it back. He looks like a little bit of Clark Gable, but not in a, not handsome. Not in a good way. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Prince Humperdinck, Clark Gable. <laughs> now, when questioned by police... Greg said he had nothing to do with the murder. That's all he could really maintain. They asked him where had he been on the day of the murder. He said he dropped his wife off at Houston Community College at 10.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then he picked her up again at 2.30 p.m. Okay. Well, the murder happened at 1 p.m. Yeah, so where were you during that time? Where were you during that time? That's a great question, Mr. fucking Humperdink over here. Clark Humperdink. <laughs> Clark Humperdink. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, indeed. Where were you in the interim? Well, Greg said 
He was hanging out with a friend. They never really got around to questioning the friend. Oh, how convenient. How fucking convenient. Greg lawyered up really quick. Well, actually, what happened is he, while they were asking him these questions and he was answering, he started to get agitated. And then he said, you know what? Actually, I have to go put money in the parking meter. Let me go do that. Oh, my gosh. You know, you know what's going to happen. Oh, he yeah, got I up. do. He walked out. He never came back. Who let him just walk? Come on, police. <laughs> he, th- he was like, oh, hold on. I'll be right back. And then he never came back. <laughs> so stupid. Bullshit. Bullshit. So now I know what you're saying. What about the obscene amounts of semen found all over Kathy's body? Well, mm-hmm. if I were to guess, I'd say... DNA testing ain't that good? I don't know. You got it. Right on the nose. That's exactly what happened. In 1986, Houston Police Department, or anywhere in the, you know, in the world, Mm -hmm. they didn't have the proper DNA testing to be able to take the semen and say, well, this belongs to to Greg, Mm -hmm. basically. They couldn't do that. Yeah. What they could do was take the blood and see, or sorry, take the semen and see what blood type the person was who had that semen. Right. And it said type O blood. Greg has type O blood, but so does a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> they really couldn't prove it was Greg, but it was like still pointing the finger towards him a little bit. But we know it's Greg. We know it's Greg. We do. We know it's Greg. But they couldn't arrest him. It was all circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, this past into a cold case years past without any new evidence. Really? Yes. Frank, Kathy's dad, thinks that this is Houston Police Department being incompetent. Well, we know there's a lot of incompetence when it there comes to law enforcement and these cases. Not always necessarily incompetence. No, uh, not always. Sometimes their hands are tied, like in this situation. Yeah. Like They're like, we know it's him, but we really, we, how do we pin it on him, you know? Well, yeah how, yeah, how do you arrest him with enough evidence to say this is him and actually take him to trial? Yeah, what do you do? I don't know. But uh, Frank said it was incompetence. I don't necessarily disagree. There might have been, because they didn't question his friend yeah. for the alibi. His friend did die like a year or two afterwards, but they had time to question him, basically, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. They just didn't. So, I mean, there might have been a little incompetence, but unfortunately, Kathy Odom's passed into be a cold case for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Greg and Shelly, Kathy's sister, stayed married. Well, I mean, if she didn't know it was him. She stood by him 100%. She's like, it wasn't him. It was definitely not him. Exactly. So they're going to stay married or for at least that reason. Yeah, she stayed with him. Frank was trying to convince her to leave, but... She got mad at him, and basically they disowned each other. Like, Frank suspected that it was definitely Greg. Shelley was mad that he suspected her husband. Mm-hmm. They stopped talking. Frank even bought a family plot for Kathy. Like, a whole family plot, including Kathy's grave. Mm-hmm. Put a huge headstone that included all of Kathy's kids, Mike. And, like, he planned the whole family to be buried there. He did not put Shelly's name on there. He was so mad at her for staying married to Greg. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I wouldn't do that either. I, I'm not mad at him for doing that. <laughs> Shelly should have left his ass a long time ago, like in high school. Yes. She should have left his ass. 
for her own sake. But anyway, so like I said, the two of them didn't talk for a long time. Frank kept hounding the police department. He started going to the newspapers. If you look online and you type in Frank Odom or Kathy Odom, you'll see a couple articles that pop up from the Houston Chronicle Mm -hmm. where Frank was talking about how the Houston Police Department failed him and his daughter before they figured out what happened. Um, So he kept up he, he kept up trying to figure out what happened, or trying to at least get justice for his daughter. Yes. Um, 11 years go by. We're in 1998 right now. Mm-hmm. Finally, they are able to test DNA. Finally. Finally, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Houston Police Department formed a cold case unit to go back and start testing DNA from cold cases. Mm-hmm. One of the first cases they took on was Kathy Odom's case because... It's old as shit. It's old as shit. (laughs) And uh, one of the cops that had shown up to the initial call to go Mm -hmm. to Kathy Odom's house when she got killed, he was actually on the cold case unit. So for him, he was like, we got to do this one. He's like, I remember this one. Right. He was like, we need to get this asshole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they finally got to do the DNA test. They got the semen sample from the evidence. But unfortunately, it was inconclusive. How does that even happen? Come on. I mean, like, yeah, Jesus Christ. You just finally get DNA and it still doesn't work. What it did, though, it did narrow things down. So they did the DNA test on the semen, and it narrowed the list of suspects to 2.1% of all white men. So that's a lot of white men. Yes, it is. But Greg happens to be in that group. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's still kind of pointing towards Greg, but not really. Yeah. When At this time, when they went and did that test, 1998, they went and picked up Greg again. And Greg, Mm -hmm. out of the blue, not even being questioned by them at this point, said, oh, by the way, did I ever tell you guys that me and Kathy were having a consensual affair? Lies. (laughs) Piece of shit. So basically, he was saying like, hey, if you happen to find that the DNA I just gave you matches the DNA on her body, it's because we were having sex consensually just by the way i mean i smell bullshit the cops smell bullshit i'm sure you do lisa oh my gosh i smell i smell it back in 1998 i know right i don't even know what was going on in 1998 and i was like that's a bullshit (laughs) but i mean all of kathy's friends that's all they said was that kathy was afraid of him didn't like him and begged everybody to make sure she never got to be alone with him there's no way she would be like actually i like it let's have some sex yeah no i i don't think that would be it yes exactly but they couldn't it was greg's word against a dead woman so they couldn't besides the fact that the dna was inconclusive they couldn't pin it on him Mm -hmm. he said that they had had sex consensual sex the day she died he went over there for a little bit had sex left she was alive and well and then maybe afterwards somebody went in there and killed her Mm, no i call bullshit yes yes but they couldn't prove it they couldn't prove it so the saga continues three or four years down the line after this so 1998 was that 2000 2001 something Mm. around there there is a forensic lab in texas who had heard of this case And they're like, let's figure this out. And since this was kind of early days for DNA testing and forensics, they had been doing some experiments to be able to figure out where can we find DNA on a body or in a crime scene after 
a murder has taken place. The experiment that they did for this case is they fake strangled each other and like got into an altercation for science. Yeah, I was going to make a joke, but uh, it didn't seem appropriate. (laughs) It's a little funny. I mean, even in the forensic uh, files episode I watched, they were like, I know it's it's kind of funny. We were strangling each other. I get it. It's weird, but (laughs) (laughs) they they did it for science, so it's okay. (laughs) So in any case, once they did that experiment and then swabbed the neck of the person who got strangled, they realized that, and, you know, other implements and stuff like that, they realized that the person doing the attack would leave a lot of DNA behind. And not just semen. Not just semen. So they are like, okay, can we go through all of the evidence? And the Houston Police Department and the cold case unit are like, please just figure this out. Make sure we can get Greg for this. No, well, you know, obviously figure out who did this. Figure out who did it, but we're, we're looking over at Greg over here. Old boy <laughs> over here's here. here's Greg's DNA, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so they go through the evidence one by one, testing it for Greg's DNA. And the electrical cord, the electrical cord that was cut off of a nearby lamp mm-hmm. in Kathy's bedroom was tied around her wrists while she was raped and murdered. <sighs> they test that. And it's covered in blood, as you can imagine. When tested, it contains DNA from two individuals, Kathy, which Mm -hmm. you can expect. Yes. And fucking Greg. Of course it's Greg. Took you that long? (laughs) Cha-ching. I just screamed. I know my husband's going to run up in here and be like, who's Greg? (laughs) Why are you yelling? Don't worry. He's a dick. (laughs) Like, it's fine. He's in jail at least. At least. Minimum. He's dead. He's dead right now. Okay, perfect. (laughs) They caught the motherfucker, basically. He's finally, finally, the police can go arrest him 15 years after Kathy died. They Mm -hmm. go and arrest Greg. Fucking Greg. He was, I know, fucking Greg. (laughs) He was convicted of murder in 2004, and he died in prison of liver failure in 2008. That was too good for him. He was 55 years old. Ooh, liver failure at 55? Yikes. Mm -hmm. That's probably all them drugs. I was going to say, he did a lot of drugs, probably drank a fuck ton. Yeah. 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 Well, in the obituary for Greg Marquardt, and you guys can look this up, it says, survived by his longtime friend and life partner, Shelly. Why wouldn't they say wife? Were they not legally married? It didn't say that they were... Yeah, it didn't say wife, correct. It also said Shelly Markwart, which is his last name. Uh-huh, so I okay. assume they were still married and they uh-huh. just... I don't know if she like separated from him but kept the last name. I don't know. But nowhere does it mention... I. I don't know if this is a common thing for obituaries, but nowhere in this obituary does it mention that he died in prison for killing his fucking wife's sister. No, I think obituaries are written by people who submit them. So if you're, number one, if you're going to write an obit, you're going to say something nice about the person because you're spending money to put this like in the newspaper or wherever. So someone who cared about him, probably Shelley wrote it. And I'm was like, assuming. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave this little tidbit out. <laughs> Let's just say what I wanted him to be. <laughs> yeah, because once he went to, did was she not mad that her sister was killed? No, as far as I know, and as far as Frank knows, Frank. By the way, Frank, the dad, and Shelley, the sister to the victim, 
Mm -hmm. did eventually they reconciled how would you stay married to the guy that murdered your sister and then you reconcile with your dad like i don't think that can happen i I don't don't know i'm wondering if the reason it said longtime friend and life partner was because shelly cleaned up sobered up went back to her parents Mm -hmm. in oklahoma her parents moved to oklahoma by the way so she Mm -hmm. moved back to oklahoma with her parents after greg went to prison and she maybe she got religious or something and she just wanted to be benevolent i don't know i don't know what happened but frank was the one who kept up the memory of his daughter kathy throughout all those years 15 years worth Mm -hmm. if it weren't for him i don't know if the case would have popped back up again to Mm -hmm. be solved and to get you know justice for kathy's death i'm really glad they caught greg Oh, yes could oh. can you imagine if he was cre- like for years was creeping on somebody else yeah you could i mean if he did it to kathy he could do it to any you know he could probably Anybody. find another girl yeah because it doesn't sound like well he had any kind of self-control obviously yeah i mean once they got him and convicted him and whatever and he was in prison he did finally come out and admit what happened and he said he said the whole story just like the police thought how it happened yeah the only tidbit and detail that he added was that he was high on heroin at the time like that was an excuse piece of shit so uh, the last detail that upsets me is that he was buried in the same cemetery as Kathy. No, no. Isn't that some shit? That's some shit. fuck? It might be a huge cemetery. I don't know, but still. Yeah, still, no. Let's go dig his ass up and toss him somewhere else, okay? Yeah, he doesn't need to be in there. Poor Kathy spent how many years of her life being like, please don't leave me alone with him, and he kills her, and now they're in the same cemetery for eternity. You gonna go fix that. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You might see me on the news, but uh, I'll bring a backhoe <laughs> and a bottle of tequila. We'll get this done. All right, we're getting it done. We're gonna move this asshole. Did uh, did he and uh, Shelly have any kids together? No, him okay. and Shelly never had kids. He, I believe, he had kids with his wife from before. That was Mike's sister. Okay, gotcha. That's what I can tell about that. But oh god, that's it. That's what we got today. It's pretty upsetting. That's awful. And you know. And I'm glad there was some justice done, but to put him in the same cemetery, fuck that. That makes me mad. I know. I'm so mad. I had like a whole rant about that because it was just so upset. Who decided that was okay? Right? I mean... Shelly, did you do this? I know. Fucking Shelly. I know Frank didn't do it because he hated Greg. Over the years, in the 15 years it took to finally catch Greg, Mm -hmm. Frank was watching him like a hawk. He even hired Greg at his sign shop mm-hmm. to keep, he said, keep your enemies closer, quote unquote. Yeah, <laughs> although I wouldn't want to pay him. Yeah, I wouldn't want to pay him either. And Frank surely did not want to pay him, but he was like, one day he's going to fuck up and he's going to say something and just like, you know, blow the case wide open. Like he's going to let something slip. I know it. And so that's why he kept him close and he like, was trying to you know i'm gonna get justice for kathy you know that kind of that's wonderful i mean that's that's very um that's nice fucking greg i wouldn't want to look him in the face every day frank hired him so that he could look him in the face every day and eventually catch his daughter's murderer did uh did greg ever get clean i believe greg and shelly got clean eventually after kathy's murder they inherited all the money from the rich aunt 
of Greg's Mm -hmm. and the big house. And in fact, I believe that he was arrested coming home to the big house after he bought groceries and his aunt was there and Shelly was there. And they answered the door and were like, oh, Greg's not here right now. And then the police were like, well, we'll wait around. And they waited till Greg got got home with all these groceries. So they basically lived with the rich aunt. That's all they... Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Ugh, so frustrating. But I'm glad it's over and I'm glad there was some justice. Yeah, me too. That's... God, that's a wild tale. <laughs> this is, isn't it? It's a fucking wild tale. And I'm so glad Greg is dead. <laughs> Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. Fucking piece of shit. Ugh gross anyway that's our episode thank you for listening guys i hope you enjoyed it um, be sure to check us out on instagram we're at near death dolls podcast if you want to find us on twitter we're at near death dolls and if you want to send us an email we're at near death dolls at gmail.com and one of the reasons you can send us an email is if you have any scary or weird personal story like maybe you saw a ghost maybe you saw something you can't explain or maybe there was like a crime that you witnessed i don't know send us those stories at neardeathdolls at gmail.com with the subject line listener story or dear dollies be sure to let us know if we can use your name or not And if you have a handle on social media that you want us to shout out, we'd be happy to do that too. That's right. And if you like what you heard, let us know by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also help us out by taking a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and share it on Instagram or Twitter. And that would really, really help us. uh, And that's a great way to support us. Uh, If you feel like joining in on the fun, you can come over to the Dark Dolly side and join our Patreon for some awesome extras. So, dearest doll faces, be kind to each other. Be sweet. Be loving. Be wonderful in this cruel, terrible, terrible world. I got very morose there. (laughs) Until next time, bye bye Don't stab anybody in the tummy. That's all I'm going to say. Don't say say tummy unless you're talking to a child. Ugh, tummy. That just makes me feel so sick. Don't say tummy. Just don't. Don't say tummy. Just don't. special thanks to Sam Hears for our art and music. If you'd like to see more from him, check out the links in our show notes.